sometimes they just unwind with a lifetime movie, horror. I love horror. That's about it, really. You are listening to the lovely Sylvia Lowers. I think when I first met you, it was with, um, I met you a long time ago on Roses Underground, wasn't it? Yes, yes, that was the project. Back then, way back then. That's right. I know, I don't know how long ago that was, but I'm telling you one thing, I, I am coming up to 25 years of living in America now in October. Oh, yay. That's a long time. It is, and I love it to, since the day I ever came. You are from New Zealand, so did you do acting over there before you, you came over to the U.S.? Yeah, I had an agent, and I did, like, commercial work. I did work, quite a few workshops, and I also belonged to a, a theatre company. Fun. So since you're a Kiwi, do you speak Māori? No, originally, you see, I'm born in New Zealand, but my mother and father came from the Netherlands. So when I was a kid, I learned English at school. So I kind of know Dutch and English, and then it's just New Zealand talking, you know. Oh, I see. And where is your family? I forgot to ask you. Are they here or over there? The majority of all my family live in Holland. I don't have any family but my husband's family. And then I have friends here. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, what was your first paid acting job? My first paid acting job probably would have been in New Zealand. I think it was for an airline that you just was like a background actor in a plane as a passenger. Yeah. Very cool. I wanted to ask about the movie Zeke. Did you have to perform a stunt on that one? No, I had to cry on cue. And I tell you something, that was very dramatic because, and then I had to scream at the top of my lungs. This was in the city. There were actual people residents coming by to say are you okay are you okay are you okay so you okay are you okay are you okay because it, it, it came across so like real like i was really being attacked oh my god but i was only acting i am not kidding honest wow yeah the director or producers hadn't talked to the people in the area to let them know something was going to be filming i'm not sure if they did i would probably think they probably did, but maybe some people from another area maybe were, were just walking down the street or something. I don't know. But that was pretty, that that role was like, whoa, that was heavy duty. It was a heavy duty role because you had to get in your zone of crying on cue. Thank God I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? So what is a good trick for people that, you know, we can get emotional, but not necessarily produce the tears in the moment? What worked for you? What helps me is I kind of, when I do any kind of acting job, I try to get into the zone of the character, what they're looking for. But when it comes to like a sad scene or something, I just relate back to my experiences in my life. So you make it personal to you. Yes, correct. Okay. Well, you also play the dulcimer and are part of a group of performers. So did you play other instruments first and then decided to switch? At school, I learnt the recorder, but I haven't played that in many, many years. Um, but the dulcimer, I actually have four dulcimers to my name. I have to stop buying, getting a little out of hand. 
but I belong to a organization called the Oregon Ridge Dulcimer Players, and we are based in Baltimore at the Oregon Ridge Nature Center. And every Thursday night from 6.30 to 8 p.m., a group of us, maybe about sometimes 16 people, 20 people or so, we come together in a group, like a circle, and we actually play songs. It's a lot of fun. Oh, neato. So then you know how to read music and you've been trained with music lessons? Not really. It's a class singing in the choir music lessons. No. Uh, I know a little bit about music, but with the dulcimer, it's pretty straightforward because a lot of the music is like numbers. So you just follow the numbers and it's the dulcimer is like a mountain instrument from the Appalachian Mountains that you put on your lap. And um, I teach some of the classes too, so. Well, you and your friends play at volunteer events. You put on Christmas shows and entertain memory care residents. And I read in the Reader's Digest about playing music for people whose minds are wandering, and they seem to respond when music is played. So have you personally witnessed some of that happening at your shows? Oh, yes. The last time we had, uh, we went on one of these shows was for a memory care center. And just to, to just see the people's faces light up when they hear a, a song, even if it was sung with like some dulcimers together that they recognize. I mean, the realization on their faces and that is like, it's just unbelievable what they experience. But yes, it's a very rewarding, it's a very rewarding volunteer organization. Oh, that's great. What were your experiences like in live theater? I like it on stage, but sometimes at the end of the day, I really like to just stage manage. I've done that before. I've done costumes before. But yes, the answer is I have forgotten a line. And then I quickly put another word in and then you just go keep on going and not show it on your face, you know. <laughs> so Try not to anyway. So, yeah. Right. A true professional. You got to keep going. You just got to keep going. You can't stop dead in your lines. And that would look not good, you know? Right. Okay, so what were your responsibilities when you had to stage manage some of those shows? Uh, it was like blocking on stage, you know, if they had to go off stage right, stage left. And also being like a script supervisor that you would help the actors with their lines, remembering their cues, when to go off stage, when to come back on stage, that kind of thing. Okay, got you. Um, that wasn't stressful for you, though? Actually, I really, really enjoyed it. I haven't done stage managing in quite some time. I went to a workshop for it to learn about it. And then I ran the show, one theatre production. I can't remember what it was called. It was a long time ago now. But I ran the show because it has to be right on point with the time and all that stuff. But it could be stressful a little bit. But I kind of like, I don't know, maybe I'll just handle it well. I don't know. Well, had you been in charge of managing anything before that? Not necessarily theatre, but have you been in a management position at all? Oh, I've had so many different jobs. I mean, yeah, like a supervisor sometimes with jobs and all that stuff, yes. The answer is yes. Okay, so then what kind of side hustles do you have that you would recommend to other actors that allow you flexibility? My side hustles at the moment are I do dog sitting. 
that's a side hustle. And they're actually starting another one tomorrow for six days. They stay at people's homes, you know. I've already returning clients. I do some childcare work, laundry jobs every so many weeks. And there's some days I don't do anything, but it kind of it kind of like works in together when you have one week that's not so busy and then there's another week that you're more busy than other weeks. It kind of balances it all out with the jobs. Yeah, that's great. Then you create your own schedule and you're not, you know, dependent on whether or not people give you permission to be off of work at a certain hour and day. Correct. I'm pretty much my own boss. Yeah, it's nice not to have to answer to anyone really. So you can, you know, make your own schedule around certain days and people and all that sort of stuff. More flexible. Okay, so you've also been a brand ambassador for a movie theater. Did you have to dress up like a Star Trek character for that? I did. It was actually through, oh, it was the first two years I was here from New Zealand as a nanny, and I had a, a friend that I met around the neighborhood. So we actually got asked to be brand ambassadors for this movie theater in Owingsville in Baltimore here. And um, she dressed me as a Klingon with the makeup and all that. And we were promoting the new Star Trek movie that was coming out at the theater. And that was so much fun. I love that a lot. I can't imagine you as a Klingon. You also worked at the Preakness, so what have been some of your responsibilities there? It was through my agent, and over the years, I think I've worked at the Preakness since 2010, 2012, don't quote me on it, uh, as a hostess, and that was mostly like you would uh, greet the people that came in, and you would take them to the seats or their special VIP tent, that kind of thing, give them out their wristlets to wear every day. I now am a manager with uh, a couple of other managers, and I oversee all the staff when we work Preakness in May. Every year you do that? Yes, it is. I think it's around the middle of May, around the 20th, 21st, something like that. Plus, I also do another job for Laurel Racetrack that same week of Preakness, which is called Sunrise Tour. At 6 a.m., all the people with their families, with their children, they come they register with me on a um, iPad. They do tours of like the stables, the jockey room, that kind of stuff. All the things what happen at Pimlico uh, Preakness Day on Saturday. So it's a full on busy, busy week. You know, you have to be on your feet, and sometimes it's out in the elements. So how do you get through such long days like that? Yes, Esther. I mean, the days, I've got to be honest, say they are extremely long. Sometimes I'm not even home until like 9 p.m. and I started like 6 a.m., but nothing really happens until 11 a.m. I just have the mindset that, you know what, I'm there. I got asked if I like to work the events. I give it my all, like exhausted to the point of really exhaustion, but you just keep on going and try not to say, oh, my feet are sore. I got a blister. I'm tired. Just keep on keeping on. You just keep on just moving, you know, and just to be positive and saying in your brain, oh, you know what? You're doing a great job. You're helping. We need it. And it's not like it's every single week that you do this, you know? Yes. Exactly. And just go with the flow and no stress. You know, you, you handle emergency situations as stress-free as you can. 
you just have to be very professional and, you know, respectful to any kind of situation that might come along. When you come home after such a long shift, how do you unwind? I'm going to laugh at this, but I absolutely love Hell's Kitchen with Gordon Ramsay. I've watched it from the very first episode. I love American Idol when it's on. Again, I watched that from the very first time. Sometimes I just unwind with a Lifetime movie. Horror. I love horror. That's about it, really. So then Lifetime is known for horror? Because I didn't know that until recently that they do air things that are scary. It can, it can be scary, but I'm talking about, you know, if you go into Netflix or something and then you pick out a horror movie. It's more mystery on Lifetime, I think, than anything else, you know. So I guess everybody has a different tolerance level. <laughs> exactly, yeah. We all have different, you know, all different takes on likes on certain things, you know. Yes, exactly. So you make appearances at the Perry Hall Mansion dressed in colonial fashion. How did you hear about doing that? Actually, I think it was like the local newspaper. They wanted people to come, well, let's say join as a volunteer first, and then I became a member of their nonprofit board, and that's how we kind of like organize as a group um, events in the local area of Perry Hall. So what is a typical day like for you over there? Oh, that was uh, a few years ago. We don't really do the Perry Hall Mansion anymore because I belong to a nonprofit organization that we were trying to save the mansion to maybe make it something like a wedding venue or something like that, but it costs a lot of money. So we haven't really, be honest, we haven't really done much with that at all for quite some time now, you know, but that was really fun. I enjoyed that. Okay, so I see that you're a knitter also. So what kind of things do you make? Oh, my gosh. I've knitted since I was seven years old, okay? I've made blankets, sweaters, booties, you know, baby clothes, that kind of thing, yeah. My husband, like three years ago, I'll make him a pair of socks. Well, he's kind of still waiting, but one day, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's special to be able to give those out as gifts. Okay, Sylvia, well, it was nice catching up with you again. Thanks to everyone using Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, the TuneIn app, and their web browsers to access Yellow Vision.